That was good stuff. Really good stuff. How's everybody's week? Good? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you can respond in church. It's okay. It's all good. I'm wearing our Sozo shirt next weekend. It's going to be a fantastic uh, three days. Um, and I want to let everybody know, you know, if you're like, hey, I got, I'm signing up. Uh, but I can't make it to one of the nights. That's okay. We still want you to come. It's super valuable that you are here. It's super valuable for your soul and your spirit to keep growing in the things of God. Um, you know, I was a youth pastor for a long time, and we always did retreats and camps and things like that for our students, and they would grow so much. And I always said, you know, someday if I ever am a senior pastor, we're going to do the same thing for adults because adults need to grow too. We all need to grow. We talk about this healthy things grow. And the only way that you can grow is by putting yourself in an environment that you're able to grow. So that's why we do things like Sozo. So you have the opportunity to grow your capacity with the Lord. It's good, good. Hey, um, if could somebody turn my mic up just a hair, that would be great. I don't want to lose my voice. It's already a little scratchy, um, scratchy, scratchy voice. Okay? Hey, we're in a series called Church in the Wild. And uh, it's been a great series. Um, we've been talking about, obviously, we live in wild times, correct? Does everybody agree with that? It's pretty crazy out there. And we have to determine, is culture going to guide and direct our life? You know, um, I did a wedding yesterday, and I'm talking to the DJ, and he's telling me about this company he started in Dayton. And he's talking to me about how it's a socially conscious um, company. And I thought, at first I thought, oh, yeah, that's super cool. And then I started thinking in my mind, as I'm having this conversation with somebody, you ever do that before? You're like having a conversation, but you're thinking at the same time. And I'm like, I know what you're saying. You're saying as long as I agree with culture and as long as I agree with what you agree, we're on the same page, Okay. So we have to determine what's going to guide and be the course and the direction of our life. And for Elevate Church, we really grab that out of John 21. Jesus talks to Peter. He says, listen, Peter, I need you to do three things. I need you to feed lambs, those who are new to the faith, new to their walk with Jesus. And then I need you to tend and love everybody, and then also I need you to feed the sheep. And so we believe here at Elevate Church that if you're a lamb, we are totally fine with that. We understand the journey. I gave my life to Jesus, and things didn't change overnight. It has been a long, long journey of the Lord working some things out in my life. But we do believe that the goal is for you to become a follower of Jesus. That is what a sheep is. A sheep is a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. And so that is really kind of what we're talking about in this series, Church in the, in the, uh, Church in the Wild. So uh, if you've got a Bible, I want you to pull out your Bible. If you've got a phone with a Bible app, you can pull that out. If you don't have a Bible, have it on the screen uh, for you. Let me encourage you, bring Bibles. It's okay. Like, you know, like, I know, like, it's like, I know you're not a cool kid if you, like, bring a big, thick Bible, you know, like I do. But it's, it's okay. Bring a Bible to church. Bring something to write on. Um, you'll remember a lot more when God speaks to you. You can write it down. So uh, I want you to go to the book of Daniel. We'll be looking at Daniel uh, chapter six today, kind of just camping out uh, there. It's going to be good. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for today. We love you. 
We praise you. We give you today. Holy Spirit, speak in Jesus' name. We thank you for another Chicago Bears win today in Jesus' name. Amen. I got my man Bruce last week. We played his Ravens. We took him down in Jesus' name. It's a good Sunday for me. Let me ask you a question. What distracts you in life? Okay. Um, let, let me show you a couple of videos. Um, play, that, play that first video uh, for me really quick. Uh, have, have, you, have you seen this? Okay. You all know who this guy is. He does like the late, late show. Okay. He does musicals in the middle of street sections in busy cities. And this is Mary Poppins. This is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Spoonful of sugar. All right, so you can, you can stop that one, okay? All right, so I see something like that, and I'm like instantly like 10 minutes, like for sure, like glued to that, okay? Play, play the next one uh, for me, okay? Um, no, 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 not that one, not that one, not that one, not that one. The next one, next one, the next one. Yes. Oh, look, I mean, I mean, if you saw that, your eyes are just glued, okay? Now, here's the deal, okay? I don't want those little rats in my house, but they can stay there, okay? But they're so stinking cute, aren't they? Okay, okay. All right. Oh, I just offended, like, 40 people right now. You're all like, oh, I hate this church, okay? Listen, I love dogs when you have them, just not in my house, okay? Okay. Here's the deal. Have you ever tried talking to a distracted person before? Okay. Um, my wife, Jess, is the most distracted person you've ever met in your whole entire life, okay? We'll be driving down the road, and like most of the time, you know, I'm in Pastor Jeff mode. I'm in this serious mindset and serious conversation, and we're talking about things of God in the future. And we'll be driving down the road, and all of a sudden, Jess will see a squirrel, and she'll start talking to the squirrels. Like, I mean, legitimately, like, oh, my gosh, you're the best thing ever. Come here, little squirrel. You know what I mean? Like, or rabbits. She really likes rabbits. I mean, seriously. I mean, I promise you. I mean, and we're, like, dead center in the middle of a conversation, you know? And I'm thinking, they can't hear you. Now, my son Michael told me that last night. I was watching the Warriors game. Steph Curry threw his mouthpiece and guy ejected. I'm like, yes, in Jesus' name, you are a loser, you know? And Michael's like, Dad, they can't hear you. And I'm like, I don't care, you know? I mean, but Jess is just so distracted. Like, there's a point, and, and, and these guys know this, when we have meetings. We have meetings every Tuesday morning, okay, because we go over the weekend and future events and things that are coming on. We have a staff meeting, and, you know, I'm pretty serious in these moments, and I'm really focused, and, and, and I can see it in her eyes. There's a moment where it's like the, flip, the switch flips, and she's just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, there's just no more serious left in my body right now, absolutely, okay? Literally, there are times, okay, I promise you, there are times, like, we're laying in bed at night, and like, you know, like, I, I'm just, like, trying to relax, trying to have a good time. And she will start talking in this voice, okay? Uh, play that video, just a moment of that video, okay? All right, all right? Hey, all you boys and girls and <laughs> YouTubers out there. All right. I just want to tell you that I'm Emo Eater's girlfriend, and 
me and him's dating. <laughs> and I just want you to please stop bugging him. He told me that he only loves me. And All right, that's enough. That's it. enough. I can't, I can't take it anymore. Okay. Literally just found this video like three years ago and saved it on her Facebook and like watches it like all the time. Okay. But she'll start talking to me in that voice. I'll be like, oh, Jesus, take me now, God, you know? But she's distracted. I'm distracted. The reality is we're all distracted, okay? We're distracted human beings living in a very distracted world, okay? But today we're going to look at this guy, God's guy, God's dude named Daniel, and the reality was that Daniel wasn't allowed the opportunity to be distracted, okay? Daniel is living now in Babylonian rule, okay? The Babylonians have come and they've taken over Israel. Israel has broken their covenant with God. And so God has declared to Israel that you are now going to be exiles and that these other nations are going to take over this nation. And so Babylon has come and has taken over Israel. And here is Daniel smack dab in this, uh, in this nation, in this rule where they are disobedient to the things of God. They're evil people. Um, they hate the things of God. They worship all kinds of other things. And we find Daniel smack dab in the middle, and God is, I really believe God has placed him there. I really, truly believe that God has placed Daniel in the midst of a really fiery situation. Um, you know, if I'm being honest, I think one of the hardest conversations I have as a pastor is when people tell me, like, about how much they hate their job. And I've, and I've referenced this before. And I think that I understand on, on, I've worked at really bad places before. You know, I remember like when I was a kid growing up, my first job was at Foot Locker. I was 14. I worked for Foot Locker from 14 uh, to 18. And then 18, I went and worked construction, okay? Working construction is the pits, okay? I mean, there was like 40 guys smoking around me all the time. And I was just like, fine. If you're going to smoke around me, I'm going to smoke. Because you know what? I'm just, I'm smoking too. I might as well smoke with you, okay? And so I've worked some bad jobs. But the reality is this, I truly believe that God takes believers, sheep, and places them into positions where it's a fiery situation. Because a lot of times I feel like people are just like, man, can I just go work for K-Love? You know what I mean? Because they just like, you know, sing about the goodness of God every day. And I'm sure we have bagels and coffee and talk about Jesus all day. Can we just have that? But that's not the Bible. It's not God's word. God's looking for people who will be faithful. God's looking for people who won't be distracted by sideshow activity, and they'll focus on the kingdom of God. And they'll go, God, why am I alive today? Why am I at this job today? Why do I have breath today, God? Obviously, I have breath in my lungs because you have a purpose and a plan for my life. You have a reason why I'm alive today. So why am I alive? Why am I on the planet today, God? These people have a heart to figure out what God wants. And you can see it in their life. People who are focused on the kingdom of God, their life is a byproduct 
of what's happening internally in their souls. You can see it in their marriage. You can see it in the way that they love other people. You can see it in their finances. You can see it in every aspect of their life because their heart is bent towards the things of God and pulling in what God desires for their life. So uh, go with me. Uh, Jan, uh, Daniel? Daniel. I said Daniel, didn't I? I did. I did. I've done a lot of talking the last few days, so bear with me. Daniel chapter 6. Verse 1, Darius of the Medes divided up the, uh, the kingdom into 120 different provinces, and he appointed high officials over each one of the provinces. The king also chose Daniel and two other of the administrators to supervise the high officials and protect the king's interests. Okay, so we have Daniel, a man of God, in a society, in a nation that doesn't value the things of God. Okay, and I understand a lot of times we're working in environments that have no regard for the things of God, have no regard for the kingdom of God, who really would probably speak poorly about the kingdom of God. But God has elevated Daniel and put him into this position. Verse 3, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officials. I truly believe that this is a life verse for me, it is a life verse for you that when we have the opportunity, you know, the other day, John Thompson, he runs our sound in the back. John Thompson called me up that morning. He said, hey, man, um, I'm in desperate need of help today. We don't have enough bodies. I need a couple guys. Can you and Casey come work for me uh, Thursday? And so me and Casey, we go down. We work downtown uh, Thursday. And me and Casey were driving downtown, and I told Casey, I said, listen, I said, I want these guys to think these are the hardest working guys we've ever seen before. Because they all know who we are. They all know that I'm the pastor. And they all know that you work at the church too. And I want them to clearly understand that God's people, when they show up, they work hard. And they give the best. And they'll do the best work out there. It goes on to say, because Daniel's great abilities, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Verse 4, the other administrators and high officials began searching for some fault in Daniel and the handling of the government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Oh, man, you want to take another life verse? Right there. Faithful, always responsible, completely trustworthy. This is what God does. So then what happens is these officials, they go to the king, and they go, king, you know, let's make a decree, let's make a law, let's, let's make a decision that for the next 30 days, nobody can worship anybody but you. Because they know that Daniel is a God-fearing man. They know Daniel in his personal life. And they know that if Daniel is putting put to the test, he's going to rise up. And so the king decides, yes, that sounds great. What king doesn't think that way? Yeah, let's have everybody worship me for the next 30 days. He writes it into law. And we pick up the story in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. It says this, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he kneeled down as he usually did in the upstairs room with the window 
open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. When the officials, uh, then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking God for help. Why was it so important to Daniel? Okay. Because Daniel is living in a society with a lot of sideshow activity. Sideshow drama. Sideshow activities. Things that are constantly happening that don't glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we live in a society right now. If you don't understand, this thing is changing quickly. I understand the world that my kids are going to live in in 20 years. I understand the United States that are going to live in 20 years. One of my best friends when I lived in Michigan, his dad would spend a lot of time in Europe for the military. And I remember one time I, I was at lunch with him. This was probably 10 years ago. And he said, listen, son, I promise you, America will look a lot like Europe 20 years from now. We're right on course. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse because this is what the Bible promises us right before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I totally believe we're soon going to see the king. But the reality is this. We live around sideshow activities. Daniel did too. Chapter 5. What do we read in chapter 5? They're worshiping uh, gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone. This is what their culture, this is what the Babylonian culture was about. They could have cared less about the God of Israel. They wanted to worship money. They wanted to worship power. They wanted to worship iron and wood and bronze and silver. They wanted to make up their own gods. And this is the culture and the temperature that we live in every single day. I promise you there are moments that I'm like, is my phone a god? As stupid as that may sound, I ask that question. Because how many times do I go to it a day? How many times do I have to check Instagram? How many times do I have to look at Facebook? How many times do I have to check the weather app? I'm like, the weather's not changing. It's, I know, I'm like, oh, is it 14 degrees warmer right now? You know what I mean? But is my phone a God? Is it directing my life? Is it directing the course of my life? So why was it so important to Daniel? Because he understands this, that I have to stay focused on the kingdom of God, and I have to stay focused on the goodness of God. Because if I don't stay focused on the goodness of God, all these sideshow distractions, they're going to lead me somewhere else. And Daniel understands that he will find himself in a position just like them worshiping false idols worshiping other things. Daniel understands what it's like to live in wild times and to stay focused on the things of God. And it's truly a challenge. You know, um, I talk a lot about my boys, and uh, they play basketball. And we love basketball, and we're a basketball house, and Actually, Ben got some football gear the other night, and Michael had a little bit of a breakdown. He's like, Dad, we're a basketball family. We're not a football family, Dad, you know? And, and I was like, oh, man, we're, we're good, buddy, you know? But one thing that we try very, very hard, it's not something we're even trying, we're, we're, we're constantly working at this, to show our kids that we don't worship other gods, 
We don't worship the God of sports. Okay? Sunday morning, you're going to be at church. Could my son be at a basketball tournament every single weekend? You better believe it. Could, could our kids um, not show up to things like Sozo? You better believe it. Could, um, you know, could we say, um, yeah, sports and, and all these other activities and clubs and everything are more important than you come to church? You better believe it. But I truly believe that it's my job, it's my responsibility to show my children what is the most important thing in our home? And the most important thing in our home is Jesus. And we're not going to allow the sideshow distractions of life to derail the course and the plans that God has for our family. But you have to make those decisions for you and for your home and for your best interest. See, Jesus told us, he said this, he said, listen, you're going to have to carry your cross at some point. At some point, you're going to have to be a believer in Christ, and you're going to have to make tough decisions like Daniel did to be obedient. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19 says this, if you are willing and obedient, and I love that it says if. God knows us. God knows our heart. Our heart is naturally, you know, our flesh goes, I don't want to be obedient. I don't like this word. God, I don't. Uh, why, can we just talk about grace? <laughs> can we just talk about love? Can we just talk about mercy? Yes, God's grace and love and mercy is all there, but God's grace and love and mercy is there to help us become obedient followers of Jesus. It says, if you're willing to be obedient, you shall eat the best of the land, the best that God has in store for you. So why does he respond so quickly in obedience? I think it's found in that verse where it says this, where his window is open towards Jerusalem. What does that mean? His heart is open to a position where he says, God, my heart is open to the things of your kingdom, not to my kingdom. I turn away from my kingdom to turn my heart towards your kingdom, to turn my heart to what you have in store for me. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The message version says this, Keep a vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Listen, everything that flows out of your life starts in your heart. Everything. If my heart is good, so are the affairs of my life. If my heart is focused on the word of God, if my heart is focused on the kingdom, it's a natural flow to love my wife. It's a natural flow to be good to my kids. It's a natural flow to do the right things with my finances. It's a natural flow for me to come to church and go, yes, I want to serve. Absolutely, sign me up. How can I help? How can I be a blessing to the kingdom of God? Listen, when my heart is focused on the kingdom of God, things naturally flow that are good. It says this, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore 
all sideshow distractions. Listen, Daniel is in a position where he understands, I'm going to get thrown into a pit of lions, okay? Anybody ever gone to the zoo before, okay? I mean, I mean, have you ever seen a lion with your eyes? You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, she, I just got her attention. She's just like, she's like, Pastor Jeff's talking about lions, and I like lions, and they're cute, and I want to hold one, right? Yeah, you want to hug a lion? Yeah, me too, okay? All right, listen, you get up close to a lion, and you are like, Wow, I feel really small right now. I feel really insignificant at this moment. That thing is a massive, massive beast. That thing could destroy my life quickly. I heard this thing on the radio the other day. This guy in New York City got arrested because he had a lion living in his living room. In his living room. I'm like, you should be eaten. That thing should eat you in the middle of the night. Anyway, sideshow distractions. <laughs> so, you're like, oh, you're a sideshow distraction, Pastor Deb. <laughs> Listen, Daniel understands what he's getting into. But he understands what is most important. He's keeping his eyes focused on the kingdom of God. Verse 21, Daniel gets thrown into the pit. They come back the next morning. The king has realized he's been tricked. He's been fooled to throw Daniel, one of his best, into this pit. They come back. The king says, Daniel, how are you? Verse 21, Daniel answers him, long live the king. My God has sent an angel to shut the mouth of the lions so that he would not hurt me or eat you, to be honest. For, they, for I've been found innocent in his eyes, I have not wronged you, your majesty. Worship team, you guys can come up. Verse 25. This is, this is my favorite part of the entire story. Because when I was growing up in church, flannel boards and all and all those. I, I remember I grew up, I used to have... Um, a lion, it was like, I got it for Easter. It was Daniel, and he had like a robe on and a, you know, staff and everything, and it was a lion. You know, I was like, cool, Daniel and the lion, you know what I mean? And, and I'll never forget growing up, we always focused on the reality that Daniel was saved, right? That was the big takeaway. Like, Daniel lived, the lions didn't eat him, and you were like, Yay, Daniel. We're so proud of Daniel. You know what I mean? But we never finished the story. Never finished the story in kids' church. In verse 25, it says this. That King Darius sent out a message to all the people of every race, nation, and language through the entire world. This guy has power. This guy has authority. This guy is known in the world. He's a top dog. And he sends out a message to the entire world. And it says this, peace and prosperity to you. Verse 26, I declare that everyone through my kingdom should tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. Listen, God's looking for some people that will stand up for him. 
God's looking for some people in this time, in this culture, in this moment that will rise up and stand up and say, I'll be obedient. I'll take heed to the call. I'll say focus. I'll listen to the voice of the Lord. I'll do what you want. I'll do what you're looking for, Father. Goes on to say this. For he is the living God. He will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end. Verse 27. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So you got to understand something. I truly believe this, that when that decree went out, it didn't just save Daniel, it saved thousands of other people. Thousands of other people that were looking at the king for their direction, looking to the king for their marching orders. And now the king says, no, it is Daniel's God that we will serve. It is Daniel's God that we will lift up high. It is Daniel's God that we will trust and we will worship him and him alone. In a Babylonian culture that said, you know what? We're gonna worship gold. We're gonna worship silver. We're gonna worship wood. We're gonna worship the things that we can see before us. He changes in a moment and says, no, we are going to worship the God of Daniel. One man's actions changed the course of his life, but also changed the course of thousands and probably millions of other people. This is what obedience does. Obedience, you will eat the good of the land. And because you eat the good of the land, guess what? You bring others, you bring others with you to eat the goodness of God so that they can live in victory. Why don't you stand up this morning? You know, we sang this song today, I Surrender. It's by far one of my favorite songs. I just so believe in this idea that we have to keep our heart in a constant place of surrenderance to the Lord. You know, it's so awesome when you're young in your faith, okay? Think about when you first got saved, how passionate you were about Jesus. How passionate you were about the kingdom of God. How passionate you were about his love and his grace and his mercy and all that he had done for you. I love when people first come to the Lord. They're just excited. They're excited that God would die on the cross for them. They're excited to find out that they are righteous. They're excited to find out that God is well pleased with them. They're excited about the kingdom of God. They're excited. But then we grow and we lose fervor, and we lose fire. And that's why I'm like, we gotta stay in this place. That we keep our hearts in this place where we go, I surrender. I surrender, I surrender just like I did at the beginning. God, what do you want? God, what do you want? What do you want? your eyes with me today we're gonna sing that chorus 
And as you sing that chorus, I just I challenge you to make it your prayer today. Say, God, what do you want? God, how do you want to use my life? I know you want to use it. How do you want to use my life? I want to be a Daniel. I want to be faithful. I want to be consistent. I want to be somebody that people can count on, people can trust. I want to be in the fiery moments and people know that they can look to me because I'm stable. I'm stable in my emotions. I'm stable in my thinking. I'm stable and they're going to find out why I'm stable because my God, he's the one who helps me. My God is the one who gives me strength. My God is the one who encourages me. My God is the one who makes me whole inside. He's what gives me the strength to be in this situation and to still have joy and to still have peace and to still walk in grace and to still have love to spread.